2: Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us.
0: was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's of kid treatment.
3: Join my hosts as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: All right, hey there, everybody. Amy and TJ here. We are into the new year. We hope your new year and your resolutions are still on track. We are well into now. Roads dry. January. So tell everybody how you're doing.
5: All right. Well, I have been waking up feeling refreshed and energetic in a way that I haven't before. So that is awesome. And I definitely feel the effects uh, of the toxins leaving my body.
4: But all positive.
5: Well, the only thing is I still feel a little angry when I can't have a glass of wine at night. Like when I sit down on the couch and have a movie going. It's just maybe it's just a pattern or it's just I don't know if it's just the experience of holding the glass. It's it's been a little tough. I'm still not there yet, where this feels perfectly free and fine.
4: Okay, but physically it feels
5: Amazing. Okay,
4: yeah. I love it. This is her. A lot of people know. I th- I've done this for ten, fifteen plus years now. Always do a dry January. This is Robe's first time to fully be on board with it. Yeah. And it, on a matter of days, you almost forget that you're not drinking. And it just you you we drink so much water. You're so hydrated, and you have some mocktails. Yours yes. is
5: so. I've been drinking club soda. I have a little lemon or a lime in it. And you actually. Got me this idea, so we got some right. rosemary.
4: Yes, it's a cranberry <laughs> spritzer that I learned to make years ago, But cranberry juice, uh, sparkling water, and a little uh, rosemary. In.
5: Yeah, I'm not doing the juice, but mm. I've got the rosemary, which actually was a nice little touch. Yeah. Maybe I'll try some mint, but I'm not there yet. Where you forget that you're not drinking? Okay. I am not there. <laughs> Are you there?
4: Um, yeah, it's not even that I don't even think about it being a part of the day anymore. It's, and I'm telling you, on January 31, you will not be planning what you're going to drink on February 1. Okay. You will not we, even okay. want to I be a I totally thing.
5: disagree with you. Okay. We had this conversation last night. We Darn were walking it. back Wait. and you said, you're not going to want to have a drink on February 1. And no. I started laughing.
4: Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah,
5: all right. 100% I'm going to want a drink on February 1. We're putting it out 5.
4: there right now. And folks, watch. When you get there, it's just not, you're not going to plan something around it. So we will get to that. Though.
5: I was actually already talking about making reservations at this really cool bar. Nope.
4: Not interested. Oh.
5: Gosh, okay. Everything. We'll see.
4: Uh, well, that's uh, how we're starting the, uh, we starting the new year. Again, hope you're good with your resolutions. We also had a big birthday since the uh, since the new year came around. That big birthday belonged to uh, a little one, Bean, my little one. She turned 11 uh, on January 6th. We had a really good, she wanted to go, right? She didn't want to party, didn't want friends around, do not want a big trip, do not want anything. What does she want to do? Shop. <laughs> Take me shopping.
5: That means she's officially a tween. Is that what that is? Yes. Looking so up? it's funny. My daughter turned 21 eight days before your daughter turned 11, right? So, and my daughter wanted a party. That's shocking. <laughs>
4: well, that's 21. Wow, that's different. But that was a big. Uh, it was a big thing for Sabine, and you were uh, a big part of the birthday, and you have been. And look, everybody's familiar with our story over the past year, if you're listening here. But. It's when you have a new relationship, there are divorces, there are kids involved, you're always trying to find the right balance between your kids and your partner and bringing everybody together. And you, I've said it to you privately, I'll say it here publicly, you've been great and has been one of the great, great, great joys over the past several months, six months plus, is how Sabine has really taken it. She's known you since she was one, but knowing you in a different capacity now has been really cool to watch and see her elect to and even sometimes when I pick her from school, I say, yeah, no, Robox not at the house. And then she's like, okay, then I don't want to come.
5: <laughs> because <laughs>
4: she's disappointed you're not there. That's And again, we, it is very sweet, and it's been a really cool thing.
5: It's been really cool to watch. And as we've mentioned, our daughters um, have known each other. My daughters babysat your daughter when she was little. And I know they communicated on her birthday as well, which was very sweet. And it's just nice to see everything Becoming normal and getting easier and effortless actually because it was effort before and I And maybe that was just us putting the effort on the situation, but it's been great and I love I mean I I love boys and I love all of that, but (laughs) I'm a girl mom I always have been so it comes very easily to me and uh, yeah, you kind of let girls lead the way you can't tell a girl who to like,
6: <laughs>
5: oh, yeah. who to hang out with, <laughs> uh, what to think, what to do. That just doesn't end well. So I at least have had that uh, experience growing uh, up with my daughters. So it's served me well on uh, navigating all of this. But
4: that's been great. Um, she was actually with us. Uh, she was with us last night. Yeah, we were talking about movies. we watching a horror movie, <laughs> of course, with her, Conjuring 2.
5: It's Uh, so good. She loved it. Right. She
4: loved it. Um, But I think everybody knows at this point we are big horror movie fans. We have not seen I cannot remember the last movie we saw at a theater that was not a horror movie. But now we have one. We actually saw a movie in the theater a couple days ago that was not a horror movie.
5: Yes. And uh, we took on some um, heavy themes, but with some levity, right? Some American social fiction. satire. The American movie talking fiction. About is
4: American fiction. I was told to watch this by one of my boys. His, his message, a brother, came to me and sent a message Happy New Year and see American fiction, is what he told us to do. He followed up by saying, See it with a theater full of white people. It makes it better. He was not kidding. I get it now. I didn't know it <laughs> the And so
5: we went to the Angelica. Uh, film fest or film house is what it's called, I believe. It's in Soho, and sure enough, it was about eighty-five percent white. Would you say maybe even higher, maybe ninety percent white?
4: For sure. But okay. the if you don't know what the movie's about, it, it essentially takes on these themes uh, that we have in our society, uh, a lot of racial themes. But this idea that so often in media or in business that black voices and black stories aren't told unless they are greenlit by a white person executive. Those stories have to fit into what that white person thinks the black experience is. So oftentimes it's it's not an accurate depiction. It's some stereotypical depiction of what black life is supposed to be.
5: And there were some subtle nods to that and some overt ones and some very funny ones uh, throughout. And what was notable, and you and I both realized at one point that some very funny scenes, we were the only people laughing <laughs> 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 because truly... If I weren't sitting next to you and you weren't my boyfriend, I might have been afraid to laugh at them, too. And I think that's what was happening. The white folks in the theater were like, can I laugh at that? Because it was so outrageous but true at the same time. And it was uncomfortable, which is what the whole point was.
4: But it's specifically what, yes, what the movie is meant to be and to do. And there were times I was, I don't say uncomfortable, but I always felt like I was being rude because I was falling out of my chair laughing (laughs) at some of the jokes in that movie and it's dead silence in the theater.
5: And your laughter gave me permission to laugh because clearly it was funny. And so I decided to laugh with you. And there were, I would say, multiple times where we were the only two people laughing at very funny scenes in the theater. <laughs> and, this,
4: and this was for a lot of and for black folks who cheer this movie. And it's funny. And it's, again, it's brilliant. It will be in the Oscars race for sure. Jeffrey Wright is amazing as well in the lead. He's a wonderful actor that you all know. But for me, so many things I saw in the movie are things that I dealt with certainly in newsrooms across the country over the past, uh, all of my career, but the one in particular has to do with, um, right, they, this is what I think of black people. And if you don't tell the story from that angle, then I'm not gonna get your story on. And I've had that issue in newsrooms plenty of times, talk to you about this plenty, but being in a morning meeting where there's 40 people in the meeting, 38 of them are white, I'm the one black male and there's so many times a story gets pitched and we hear the person pitching the story about a black person will put a caveat. This person, da-da-da-da-da. No, 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 no. It's okay. We can interview. They, they, they're they, so well-spoken. They they really, they, they speak so well. So what they were doing in all of those times, all those meetings was explaining to every all the white people that it's okay to put this black person on. Because I know what you're thinking when I say black person. You think they, they're this, they talk like this, they look like this. They said, no, 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 this, this white, I heard that so many times times. And this movie brings up those themes and they do it in a comedic way that it should spark a better conversation.
5: Yeah, it validates your experience Oof. and it hopefully educates people who couldn't possibly have had that experience.
4: Yeah. So please go. again. Hey, we we highly endorse that movie, American fiction. We rarely endorse something that's not a horror movie, <laughs> <laughs> but this one's great.
5: Yeah, there have been a couple of them, too. We watched you people streaming oh, yeah. and the blackening also th- those all three of those movies take on <laughs> similar themes in different ways of storytelling that is very entertaining and i really do think you learn something from it when you're watching it as a white person
4: yes and you learn that we can never admit that we ever watch friends <laughs> 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 which i haven't by the way <laughs> um and
5: of course i have
4: uh, but we talk about dry junior here at the top but we're into this new year and something that's on a lot of people's minds right now of course is Relationships, either you are starting anew and you want to uh, maybe get out of one or you're looking to get into one but the beginning of the year has two days in particular yeah. they got something for everybody i
5: was gonna say both could be true uh, yeah. what you just yeah. said <laughs> <laughs> so yes we found this out we i didn't know this beforehand know. but there's a thing called divorce day mm-hmm. in this country and lawyers have now kind of said hey this is the day it's the monday after january 1 each year where they say this is the biggest day for couples to file for divorce or contact a divorce lawyer to say, hey, uh, I want to end this relationship. And January, I think, has also been duped just divorce month because people finally say, "Okay, we made it through the holidays. And I'm Mm -hmm. very now certain I don't want to be with this person (laughs) for the rest of the year. And coincidentally, it was yesterday, actually, Monday, January 7th of this year. um, Or actually, it was Sunday. Sunday. Sunday the 7th, sorry, yeah. Sunday the 7th is called Dating Sunday or Dating Day. And that is an actual day that has been recorded that apps, dating apps across the board, around the world, see the biggest increase in in volume in likes and response times, all of that. Because people on that Sunday after New Year say, hey, I want to be in or at least find some sort of relationship.
4: So chances are, if you're hearing our voice, you are in one of those categories that... Um maybe trying to get out of a relationship, which sounds like a down or a, a bad thing, but it can be a very positive thing for a lot of people, but looking for something new. So we were curious about divorce day and in particular dating day as we turn the page on uh, on another year. So Michael K., uh, the global head of communications for OKCupid, is in uh, studio here with us. And let me start with that. How big of an uptick are we talking about? You all see in dating apps C, Michael, on Dating Sunday.
0: So... First of all, thank you for having yes. me. Um, it's an honor to be here as a listener and as a fan.
4: Thank you, man. Um, thank you.
0: Honor to be here. Dating Sunday is pretty much the Super Bowl for all <laughs> dating apps. That's all the sports terminology you're going to be able to get out of me. But every single first Sunday of the year, we see double-digit growth in terms of matches and likes and messages and it sometimes it could hover between 10 to 20% and sometimes people think that feels so low but you have to remember there are millions and millions of people on these dating apps so this is happening really across the board if you are into online dating or if you're trying it for the first time dating sunday and onward especially in the first month or so of the year is the time for you to be on hmm. OKCupid, Hinge, Tinder, whatever your app of choice really is.
5: And with OKCupid, a large part of going on to this app is to be matched. And there's science behind it, correct?
0: Yeah. So for anyone who's unfamiliar, OKCupid was actually founded by four math majors hmm. at Harvard. Harvard yeah. And uh-huh. it comes as no surprise for anyone who's been on it. We are extremely data driven. Our algorithm is really complex, but we, at our core, match people on what matters to them through in-app questions. It's really as simple as that. We use our questions to serve as conversation starters. Um, They also allow you to figure out what's important to you and really helps you define who you are, what you're looking for, and makes you think about what you're looking for in a partner as well. So there's everything related to dating relationships and sex, but also really anything that's top of mind for our Gen Z, Millennial, Gen X daters. We have questions about Black Lives Matter and education reform and gun reform. And basically, if you're talking about a topic with your friend, your family members or your coworkers, we also want to ask about it on our platform, because we're an app that fosters connection and conversation.
4: Well, okay, on that point, so many folks will go into a, you meet somebody, you go into a, a bar. There's a friend. There's a right. We're used to meeting people uh, in that organic way. Of course, apps have changed that. Is this a better system? You all have found in that when you they do take the questionnaires, people have a better chance. When they do answer these questions, when they do get their match percentage, maybe you can figure that out if you met somebody at a bar, but it might take you longer. What are the results you all have seen over the years in terms of matching
0: people? Yeah, I think it's a better system, but it's also a more convenient system. (laughs) You know, when you look at people, daters today, they're dating very different than our parents. My parents went on a first date. They were a blind first date. They're together over 60 years. And for their generation, people were meeting in these gathering places. They were meeting at temple. They were meeting at church. They were meeting through family. But that's not how people are connecting today anymore. So it, it makes dating apps make it a lot more convenient for The person who's extremely busy and can't take time out of their days, nights and weekends to go on 50 first dates and it allows them to kind of comb through that list and really easily on a dating app, find people that they're really compatible with, that they have views that align with them. Um, And really narrowed that list down and say, I know you're someone that there may be a connection with because we agree on X, Y, Z.
5: Yeah. And uh, I did say this, I believe, last week that one of the things I learned in 2023 was that, yes, chemistry is important, but compatibility, I feel like, is the most important part of a relationship. And so to that point, TJ and I, I mean, we know we have chemistry and I think we're compatible. We are. Okay, I, do. I think so too. But does the science back that up?
4: We don't need it to, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <It's just laughs> but, but we're going
5: to find out. So we actually asked Michael to give us some of the questions that they ask anyone who goes onto their app to fill out. And then they're then matched with someone. So we did the questions this weekend, over the weekend. We don't know what each other answered. Mm-hmm. And Michael has the results of what our questionnaire shows whether or not we're a match or not there's a percentage right Michael? yes yes okay there's
0: a match percentage that every user sees
5: okay i'm definitely a little nervous but um <laughs> when we come back we're gonna get the results and talk about what it all means
2: bean dad the dress 30 to 50 feral hogs if you knew what any of those were you spend too much time online and hey i do too Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple
6: Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver.
1: Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: All right, we're back here with a moment of truth, folks. Uh, we got Michael K, the Global Head of Communications for RKCubit here in studio with us. We've been talking about National Divorce Day and uh, Dating App Day and everybody has relationships on their mind trying to possibly get out of one or get into a new one. And dating apps are a big part of that. And Okay Cupid is one that gives you a questionnaire. You fill it out, other people fill it out, and then OK Cupid tells you whether or not you are a match.
5: Yeah, I wonder how many already established couples like ourselves go on to then take this quiz and find out after the fact we're doing it backwards if they're actually oh my compatible God. or what their match percentage is
4: okay so michael helped us out with this so they sent us a list of questions robach and i filled them out over the weekend we didn't see the others answers so we have no idea but it's about to be revealed all right michael he's going to tell us <laughs> <laughs> if we had done this <laughs> As two singles on the app, would we have been matched or what our match percentage is? So let's start there. What is our match
0: percentage, Michael? So I'm going to unveil that later. Oh! oh I'm really going to make you wait for this <laughs> no. one. But I will say, okay. we're definitely doing it backwards, but I've yes. done this a lot with people who are already dating, engaged, married, oh, okay. and I have to say, y'all agreed on a lot. Okay overwhelmingly okay. okay so we're starting off on a strong place um okay so let's kick it off there okay you're both and no one yell at me they call themselves this you're both extroverts you're both intense people mm. you're morning people mm. you enjoy relaxing at home mm. you're close with your family you're mm. open to cooking together mm. but i don't want anyone to get bored we definitely ask saucy questions okay. too okay and you were all really aligned there as well so <laughs> You. (laughs) So we're boring is what you're saying. Not for much longer. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You both enjoy sex more than foreplay. You're both super into post-workout sex and shower sex. And people, they prefer cuffs over ropes. So there was literally no question off limits Uh, (laughs) in this test, which made it so much more fun. I feel like I've known you guys for years as well. Wow. Um, so there was a lot in the bedroom, out of the bedroom that you aligned on. Solid, solid star. You now know us better than my parents do. Oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah, don't there. listen to this one, mom and dad. <laughs> We're going to edit that out. <laughs> so, was there anything there that shocked you?
4: Mm, no, no, actually. The thing is, we know each other really, really we've
0: well. We've
5: been friends now for nine years. Yep. And so when we it's an interesting thing when you're when you don't have romantic designs on someone, you're more willing to be yeah. telling all and vulnerable. And I let him see Mike works. He let me see his in a way that I don't think you would do if you just started out dating. So we actually know. Maybe even too much about each
0: other. <laughs> <laughs> do we? Do you have things in there that we didn't agree on as well? Yeah. So we were... let's mm. talk about where yeah. you disagree. It and there were questions like keep in mind sometimes there's multiple options, four options. Yeah. So some questions you technically disagreed, but it's a barely a disagreement. Okay. So there are a couple of things where you answer differently. We also asked what you value most in a partner. Mm. You disagreed on this, mm. but I loved your responses. Mm. So Amy said communication, Hmm. TJ, you said trust. What neither of you said was physical attraction and romance. And while both of those are absolutely important, it really showed me that you both were looking for that deep, meaningful relationship with a really strong foundation. So I didn't even want to consider that a a disagreement.
5: And I actually was going back and forth between trust and communication. I didn't know how to put one above the other.
0: Yeah, that it's a hard one. Yeah, it's a hard one. Um, You also disagreed on discussing politics. Oh, yeah, that was something you were not aligned on. You know, our my parents never talked about politics at the at the dinner table. So it's a very different time. But almost 20 million people on our app right now said they enjoy discussing politics and eight in 10 people actually want to talk politics. With a romantic partner,
4: what did, was the breakdown? I said no, and she said yes. Is that? I what, said what, what? no. I, I said yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Oh well, okay.
5: because you know what? I've always said this. Maybe now a little bit less, but when you are in the news business and you're talking about politics at work, the last thing I want to do when I'm not on the job or on the clock is talk about politics. And not everybody's the same, but it's just one of those things where I like to do and talk about other things. Then things I can't change that are beyond frustrating to me Um, at a certain point. Maybe that's just being in the business for as long as I have. But yeah, I don't like to take my work home.
0: See, that makes sense to me because on the weekends, I'll have all my friends say, can you help me with my Hinge profile or my OkCupid profile? And I'm <laughs> no. like, no, really? Call me Monday through Friday, 8, right. like 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. We can do yeah, it. Like exactly. It's
5: my poor brother who's a doctor. He can't go into a party okay. without someone, you know, lifting up their sleeve and showing him a rash and asking him what it is. So I, I that's just where I stand. You like we haven't talked about politics much.
4: I think we do. Really? But we don't talk about it in the way that oftentimes I think so many families do around the dinner table you voted for that person, I voted for this person. We are we are issue-based mm-hmm. conversations that we have a lot of times. But no, I, I wouldn't dare. Like, uh, oh, who'd you vote for? You vote for him? Oh, why don't you do this? Let's are they talk just about to do this? Trump. Let's yeah. talk
5: about Biden. No, we, we thank do you. That. No,
4: we don't do that at all. <laughs> at
0: all. Another place where you guys disagreed, and I wonder what you each think the other person said was, is jealousy healthy in a relationship? Oh.
5: So I said yes. I said hell no. So I wouldn't like to... Act on that jealousy or be petty or small, but feeling that bit of jealousy makes me know that I want to be with him and only him, and I want him to be with me and only me. And it just, I don't know, it just, I don't like the feeling and I don't want to act on it, but knowing it's there actually in a weird way makes me feel. Good. Two
4: things. How do you act on jealousy? How would you By act on it? By accusing
5: somebody or saying, okay. don't talk to that person or how dare you do this. Like, I don't think that that's correct or right or healthy at all in a relationship. Okay.
4: S- part two. Okay. Uh, the second thing goes back to the question when the answer was trust. Mm-hmm. I don't worry about it. Think about it at all. It's a trust matter with me. I don't need to get you. If you want to go do whatever you want to do. If I see you out that window right there talking all flirty or whatever with anybody... Knock yourself out. That's my woman. She's going home with me. Whatever I
0: see there, whatever, I trust that I have to. But, I- but not to speak for you, but I feel like you and I, Amy, are really aligned on this question. I don't think it's about trust for either of us. No. I think she wholeheartedly trusts you. I do. But if I see my boyfriend and there's another guy at the bar talking to him, I see red. That does not mean... They should not be talking. It does not mean my, I think my boyfriend is going to cross any line. Yep. But there is that little piece of jealousy. There's a little twinge. And it's kind of nice. And
5: I always, I don't think I'm a, a jealous person generally, but when you feel that little bit of twinge, it's like, ooh, like it just reminds mm-hmm. you how you feel about that person. I'm going to. I agree.
4: I'm going to take your jealousy out for a spin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see, how this, see if you're really going to stand by that statement. But no, maybe it is no. a little level of confidence or arrogance or even on my part to where I look and I just it doesn't register to me. And I, I guess I'm just not jealous in that way.
5: Well, I hope that. I would never act on it or that you would never see or feel or hear anything from me. Oh
4: my God. You're always, you're always flirty and doing stuff and over there on the side of the bed. With <laughs> oh, I don't know what oh, you're doing. Stop it. But no, right.
5: but t- uh, there is trust there, but it doesn't mean you still can't feel that little. Hmm. We're well, good.
0: All right. All right. Oh, I wish you got. <laughs> so we require an okay key, but people answer 15 of these questions. Yeah. Y'all went on to answer much, much more. Right. You answered dozens of them. Mm-hmm. And after looking at both your responses, Lining it up, factoring in that you would also most likely be looking for the same things in terms of age and a partner and location and all that. We scored you an 84%. Oh, boom, wow. Which is really <laughs> high. Everyone tries to aim for that 100%. Mm-hmm. I have never once, I've been working was here me. five years, I met thousands of couples. I've never met a, a couple that matched 100%. And also, I don't know if I would ever want that right. in part. You need a little bit of disagreement and misalignment. You know, I think that keeps it fun and exciting, but where you both aligned on was the really important core factors in a relationship. It was clear from the beginning, you were aligned on family matters. You were aligned on what you're looking for in a relationship. That's really what's most important. And you're aligned on horror movies. And
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did see some of the questions we didn't get. I saw, How important is um, is religion to you? Mm -hmm. I can't read my own writing because I don't have my glasses on. Um, (laughs) Do you like scary movies? Could you ever date someone really messy? We would agree on all of those things. But I was just thinking about how deep some of these questions do go. Yeah. Why would you want to answer more just to get a clearer picture of who you might be dating?
0: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Again, like we we see a lot of people actually go on to answer more and more. And it's because the more you answer, the more compatible your matches are going to be. But I also think the way the questions are written, it really challenges you as a person to say, oh, I, I didn't think that would be important to me, but it actually is. Or this used to be at the top of my list. And now I don't know if I even care about it anymore, Mm -hmm. especially during the pandemic. We saw a lot of people change what was important to them because you can actually rank your questions on OkCupid, how important it is to you. Oh, that's cool. When I first started in 2019, people, all they were answering questions about were holding hands on a date and coffee for a first date or if they want to go to dinner or drinks. That has completely changed. The most answered questions and the questions ranked most important are Do you support marriage equality? Do you support reproductive health care? Do you think women have the right to choose what they want to do with their own bodies? Mm. Do you prioritize mental health? Are you open to therapy? People really Mm. changed over the past few years what's most, most important to them. And I think our questions really help them uncover their must-haves and their nice-to-haves.
4: What would you, can you overcome, you said must-haves and nice-to-haves, but this idea of compatibility what did you just say a second though you said compatibility and something that was another well, word chemistry used. chemistry I mean, okay. chemistry
5: is fleeting you know i mean it can it can just be attraction
4: but on those two things when it, it, as far as you all's research and the questions go compatibility we sometimes it seems surface right we like horror movies that makes us compatible we like <laughs> to cook it makes us compatible we enjoy a nice rose that makes us compatible um but then when people see themselves not compatible in those ways they think, okay, then that's that's a wrap and I'm done. But when they do have those things and they're so compatible and have good chemistry, sometimes they forget about the core, about those core questions. Can you overcome, I'm always fascinated by this, can you overcome a lack of compatibility with someone from your research? Can you overcome that if you do have the core value, or is compatibility something that always, always needs to be
0: there on things that seem small? You, I think you need to break down what you're talking about in terms of compatibility, compatibility, and what you're compatible on. Okay. I don't care if my partner loves Harry Potter or Taylor Swift or The Real Housewives as much as I do. They need to stand my favorite ogs but they don't have to watch the shows as much as I do. What I refuse to compromise on when it comes to compatibility is how you feel about LGBTQ plus rights, Black Lives Matter, Stop Asian Hate, really all these kind of heavier things that we've been going through over the past few years. And I think that's what OkCupid does for you. But really, any, every dating app does this in some kind of way. It helps you figure out, as, as long as you're aligned on those deeper issues, we see a lot of issues-based dating right now, then I think you can move on and figure out how important the other things are and if compatibility there really matters to you. My boyfriend's never drink coffee. I drink coffee daily. We're not compatible. When you think of that, that's okay.
5: Right. Yeah. You don't like coffee? I do. We've We've survived.
0: You like Yacht Rock. I just heard of it about three
5: months ago. That's true. Those are the things that make it interesting, right? I heard a little while ago that there's this phrase that a lot of folks use, even in the online dating world, opposites attract and then they attack. Have you all found that to be the case?
0: Yes and no. My partner and I, I would say in many, many ways are Opposites. There's parts of us, one's more extrovert, one's more introvert. We've grown up differently. We're part of different religions. We came out at different moments in our life. So there's a lot that, you know, are definitely more opposite, but we do again, we come together on those things that really truly matter in a a partnership. And I think over time, definitely rocking the beginning, harder in the beginning for sure. But over time, we've started to balance each other out. And bring out the best in one another.
5: What's the one thing you think a relationship has to have in order for it to work that you all have found in order for it to last?
0: Communication and transparent communication, because so many of us, I think, and I've seen this in relationships over the years, people hit a rough patch and they immediately think, oh, it's over. Like, we absolutely have to break up. And my boyfriend and I have been dating almost 10 years this summer. And congratulations. Congrats, Thank you. Yeah. We met on Tinder. Oh. And <laughs> there's definitely been rough patches over the years. There have been really hard years and really hard moments in that decade. The reason why we're still together is because we've communicated transparently, we've had really tough conversations lots of tears in those conversations and we've made it through the other side because in those conversations we've been able to say you know these are the things we're both struggling with but we want to make it work and here's how we're going to make it work and we'll come up with a process that works for us but if we weren't communicating we would have broken up years and years ago um without a second thought. So I would say communication is absolutely the most important thing that's vital in a relationship.
4: Up next, we continue with Michael K, Global Head of Communication at OKCubit with maybe some um, tips for you putting that profile together. Stay here.
2: Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple
6: Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver.
1: Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Back here with Michael K, Global Head of Communication for OKCubit, talking to you about um match percentages at, at <laughs> OKCubit, You you gave us our percentage a short time ago. You said we were 84% I think match. What is the average you all kind of see on your
0: on your site? It it hovers in the 70s to 90s that's really the sweet spot it's a big range um but it also depends on like where you're looking in the app as well we actually have a section of the app that's people we recommend to you and there you're going to see people with the highest match percentage
5: so we might not necessarily have been in each other's inbox.
0: 84%. Really? Definitely. Oh, okay. 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 okay, Good. So we're above average. (laughs)
5: That's all I'm looking for. That's why he wants you to say we're above average. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, this is fascinating as my daughters are now getting into the dating world. Uh, My oldest is 21. My youngest is about to turn 18. And I keep hearing this situationship thing thrown around. I saw that you're seeing an increase or at least dating apps are seeing an increase in Ethical Non-Monogamy, E-N-M. I just learned what that acronym was, but then I'm hearing situationship at home. When people go onto these apps, are you seeing generally the younger folks coming in, not necessarily looking for committed relationships or with some sort of destination in mind with their relationship?
0: You know, I think it really depends on the app that you're looking at. Not every app caters to the same demographic. For OkCupid, we make you do a lot of work, admittedly to get your profile up and running, that's actually by design. We want people who are taking dating a little bit more seriously, Mm -hmm. which is why we lean a lot heavier in millennials and Gen Zers who are probably out of college.
5: Not my daughters. Got
0: it. (laughs) (laughs) And um, you brought up ethical non-monogamy and situationships. I think there's probably a little bit of overlap between the two, but they are Separate, And I want to distinguish between the two situationships tend to be between two people who really hadn't haven't yet had that conversation about what they are, where they're going. They're taking it a little bit more slowly and aren't as in a rush to say, you know, we're only dating each other. We're boyfriend, girlfriend. They might still be dating around ethical non monogamy is between two people who are committed and have chosen in that commitment to open their relationships. And we are seeing a rise in that. It's still the minority. So when you look at most dating apps, the overwhelming majority is going to be people who are looking for monogamous relationships, but you know, we are we have been seeing for years a rise in people interested in open relationships. I actually don't think it's new. I think we are in a time where people are more comfortable having these conversations more openly. You gotta help me here. You, you said it's not new, but it's just a new name or a new thing to call it, ethical I, non-monogamy? I, mean, it's, I don't think it's really a new trend. I just think we're talking about it more often. I think if you asked your parents if they knew anyone who had an open relationship, chances are they might have known one or two couples. Yeah. I know my parents who are baby boomers, knew a couple like this. And my aunt, who's a Gen Xer, knows a couple of couples like this. So I think we're just talking about but it. But do more. I not have the definition right? Ethical non-monogamy? We're just talking about open
4: relationships? Yeah. Okay, that's it. Uh, the phrase yeah. the is throwing me off.
5: <laughs> okay. <laughs> but now it's being more widely accepted or being more accepted than it has been in the past, perhaps, and not something to be ashamed of or to hide.
0: Yeah, I, I would say Gen's, one thing that Gen Z is just crushing it at is removing stigma for so many things in our society. And Gen Zers and millennials, definitely the most open to open relationships. (laughs) But because they're talking about it more, it's really relieving that stigma, which is allowing more and more people to talk about it and say, hey, actually, this is what I'm into. And and that's okay. And, you know, there's many apps, OKCupid okay, included, that makes it really easy for you to find other people who are looking for this as well.
4: Ethical non
0: monogamy.
5: I'm not into that, by the way.
0: Ethical <laughs> non
5: monogamy. Yeah. <laughs> I just would, letting you know now. Well,
4: I don't even know what it is quite
0: yet. No, Me it just, either. It sounds, lied. yeah. There are people who want it. And,
5: you know, yeah, it's great for everyone else if that floats your boat, but I'm just letting you know now <laughs> it does not float mine.
0: <laughs> and she has multiple witnesses.
4: <laughs> and look, something for us, and we'll tell you the truth here, Michael, uh, we we have, um, Robes and I have been through a lot together, certainly over the past year, year and a half plus, plus. And so much of that we've had moments throughout that time that are very difficult to where we there's so much on the line for us. And there has been. And for us to be together took so much and there was so much sacrifice. And you you're going into this commitment and there have been moments we had a really probably the closest we ever got to our relationship ending was a a, a disagreement, a fight we had that was really based on a fear and a lack of communication to where we thought, wow, we went through all this and we went, did all this and maybe we we're not compatible or maybe we missed something. So we were freaking out a little bit to hear the results of the <laughs> test today. That is
5: not a joke. But you're talking about basically our first fight, right? Uh, It was early.
4: It was the, one of the first two, I would say.
5: I think, you know, also we had had such, um, we always had fun together. We we rarely ever had an issue where we disagreed and we, we are very like-minded. So, yeah, when the first thing happens, the first time you think, oh, my God, I don't know this person. I thought I knew this person. I don't know that person. So, I mean, that can happen. But the score, do you feel now better about I it all?
4: Better. Like Mike, I just <laughs> met Michael now. Oh, he gave us a stamp of approval. Now we're going to be fine. But it, it was one of those things and we were, you know, to do it. We got it revealed for the first time by you. We didn't know what was going to come out of it, but it was as much as we're having fun here and talking about it. I think everybody deals in that. They're looking at a percentage score. Okay, I'm matched with 90 percent, so we should be good to go. But it's not just an exact science and it's not just there's so much involved here. So for people who are listening and thinking just about a score, I need to get somebody who is 70 to 90 percent. And if I don't, then that's no good. Give those folks some some the perspective here you've kind of throughout you
0: have done so but i just want to remind people of that it's not it's not so black and white i also think people need to remember that what we watch in a rom-com is not reality by any means and i there's something that my parents said years ago way way before i ever met my boyfriend or came out of the closet or anything that stuck with me and again, they're baby boomers. They have gone through a lot. Again, I mentioned they've been married over sixty years, um, but they always said people are too quick to give up, mm. and that's always in the back of my head in my own relationship. That doesn't mean that you should stay with the wrong person. Yeah. Get out if it if it does not make sense for you. And I think in your gut, you're going to know when it doesn't make sense. But. One bad fight, one bad week does not make a bad year or a bad relationship. Um, And I I think as long as you're having that conversation in a very respectful way, you can power through those bumps. For me, it's about finding that person that you want to weather the storm with.
5: I think most people know we have four divorces between us. And I had two 13-year marriages, so it wasn't like cutting and running or mm-hmm. anything, and a lot of lessons learned along the way. But this is one of those things where, unfortunately, sometimes you learn the hard way what works and what doesn't. And, and just, I'm curious, does OkCupid follow any of these couples that you put together and find out? Who makes it and who doesn't? I mean, have you all done research and given thought to that in terms of when people are looking for that right person and say they have a really high compatibility or a match percentage? What is it about couples that makes them stay together or makes them eventually break up?
0: Yeah, I don't I don't have an exact answer for this. What I what I can say, part of my job is managing our our social media. And with that, I have the really privilege of reading a ton of dms that come in every single day from people who have used okcupid and because it's a dm it's private they're extremely vulnerable there's a ton of them that share their wedding photos their engagement photos their first children all those success stories um and that's great and i actually keep they. a lot of people send us wedding invitations i keep those (laughs) on my desk every day to remind me why i do what i do But what I really love hearing about is the people who may have met someone on OkCupid and not wound up with them forever. And they will unpack that for me and and tell me about that experience. And I think we often, when a relationship ends, we classify that as a failure. We failed. It did not work. That is not a failure. You're just moving on to the next chapter. So I actually love hearing those stories of someone who says, I... You know i've met people who said i love okcupid but they're single and people are like why do you, how do you love a dating app when you're when you're single and they're like well i had several really great partners that i met on that app and it, it worked for me might not have worked forever but it worked for me at some point can you tell folks and the
4: advice to not because i, I you even when i was filling out the questions i don't know if you did this but you almost look at it and you are say like, well i should say this or should i say this <laughs> Right. Do you, I guess you would definitely say you need to be vulnerable, authentic and yourself certainly off the bat not try to manipulate the answers to try to
0: find a certain type of person. Uh, that is the worst thing you can do is not be yourself. And to your point, there's definitely people who start out. I think the more questions you answer, you kind of forget that you're you you stop doing this because you become less mindful of it. I think in the beginning, people definitely answer the way they think other people want. And then as they continue, they just forget about it and they're just becoming more and more and more honest. But what we see happen, if you are putting out a version of yourself that you think other people are looking for, you're only going to attract people who are looking for that version. That might not be you. So I tell people all the time, if you don't want to be married, that's great. Say that on your dating app profile. If you do not want children, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm, this is controversial. I'm not a pet person. I don't think you guys either. I you both said no. 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 And so, I
5: have a dog. Yeah, so, say, so. <laughs> And I love him, but I wouldn't consider myself a pet person. Yeah, it's
0: not my jam. But I, you know, you come so walking in the house. Hey, Brody.
5: I mean, he's adorable. I hope he's not listening. to I this. know that would be awful if he heard what I just said.
4: <laughs> Do you but, feel like filling to his point when you were filling it out? Because we were sitting across a table from each other, filling yeah. it out, and then I hear her crack up laughing, and she hears me make a comment. Did you find yourself? Like, what would he say? Oh, yes, for
5: sure. Yes, I think that's a human experience to want to put your best foot forward. But if you actually just admit who you are, it's going to be better in the end because they're going to find out.
0: Absolutely. And I think putting your best foot forward is still showing who you are. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with what you're interested in or what you're looking for. But you have to be honest about it because otherwise you're going to waste your time and you're going to waste the other person's time if you are just not looking for the same things.
5: Same with the photos. Uh, You know, I know there's a lot of filters out there, but what would you suggest?
0: No filters, (laughs) no group photos. If you're going to do group photos, save it for the end of your like little scroll of photos um, and ditch the selfies. I love a selfie. Mm. I took like three on the way here today. Oh, so did I. However, I don't need to see that on your dating app profile. (laughs) Use, I, you know, when you put anything on your profile, whether it's photos or something you're writing in, I always like to think what's the purpose that this is serving? Is it serving as a conversation starter? Is it showing someone what I'm interested in? Mm. So if I were to create a dating app profile today, I would post a photo of the first half marathon I ran, me at Taylor Swift's Eras Tour, me at the Harry Potter world in London, because what those photos are going to do is one, it's going to tell people my hobbies and what I'm interested in. It also gives them something to say to me because, hey, hi, hello, actually have the highest rate of being ignored on dating apps. But by those three photos alone, someone can say, what era are you in? Or which was your favorite book or movie, or are you training for the New York City Marathon? (laughs) And you immediately jump into this conversation that's grounded in something you're already comfortable speaking about. What would your pictures be?
5: I know, I knew you were going to ask me that. (laughs) For sure, uh, the New York City Marathon, because that's a huge part of my life. I, I, I know you said no group photos, but I would definitely want my daughters just for people to know that I'm a mother, because that's a huge part of who I am. And um <laughs> uh maybe me eating popcorn watching a horror movie. I don't know. Um <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I don't know, climbing a mountain hiking, that would have turned you off immediately. <laughs> no, all of your pictures
4: probably would have turned me off. <laughs> don't know if we would have matched with the Okay, pictures. how about yours? Oh that's easy. Me me cooking, me standing next to a razorback of some kind, mm-hmm. probably and maybe running at this point.
5: Oh, yeah. Georgia football would probably be a part of it. Too.
4: Maybe with a drink in we, hand, making, making mixing a drink.
5: Yeah. Really. We, we've definitely connected over college football, too. That was another big Absolutely. Uh, common thread we had.
4: So. Uh, uh, Michael, this has been great. Uh, thank you for giving our relationship the stamp of approval. <laughs> we've been looking for validation for a long time. Man.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and Michael K. just gave it to us and hopefully some some things to think about as you all uh, continue your journey and learn looking for that special someone
4: yeah stay at it folks it's okay and uh like like you said i think that was great advice it's okay you're not a failure because a relationship ends you're moving on to the next thing or maybe that was where you were supposed to be at that point in your life and you need somebody to take you through the next uh the next phase of your life so that was great 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 advice so it's a pleasure having you hope we can have you back you here in here in town with us right in new york yeah absolutely yeah. i will i
0: will venture more downtown for both of you all <laughs> all right and after for, dry
5: january preferably
0: i'm doing dry january as well oh so I'm you with are you
5: in this. oh gosh okay i feel so much better now
0: and i actually will say i did dry august and i carried into september i wasn't in a rush the first wow dry so august. i'm interested to see how february 1st do- wow. goes for you well
5: february both. 6th is my birthday so i will most certainly <laughs> have some <laughs> have some drinks in my hands so i'll be double fisting it probably
4: oh like really thank you so much and folks thank you all as well i uh, hope you got something out of this conversation today besides just a, a little fun so uh, our takeaway here is by all means uh, enjoy your dry january happy dating go see american fiction what else was the takeaway
5: and for every relationship, there is a reason, a season, or a lifetime, and it's okay if they fall into any of those three categories.
4: All right, folks. Well, uh, Amy and TJ here. You can follow the show at on Instagram at Amy and TJ Podcast. Uh, you can follow both of us on Instagram as well. But for now, this is Amy and TJ, the eighty-four percent couple.
5: <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs>
2: Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
3: podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs in schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us.
0: He was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's of kid treatment.
3: Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy
2: is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is Sheep Pivots